59 at Radio Free America. This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth. to our daily gun show we come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern we talk about guns for about an hour uh, we got people joining us on the youtube side where we're live we simulcast on gunchannels.com and uh hopefully some other people will jump in we've got links out there to people on the gun channel side see some people on the youtube side thanks for showing up we got angelina joining from california thanks for jumping in hello everyone got cycle jumping in from uh, Connecticut. Unmuted, but we're not hearing anything. He's probably jumping back and forth. Did he say anything? I didn't hear anything. Oh, you're unmuting, but we're not hearing anything at all. Uh, then we'll jump to Gary in Kansas. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the invite. Always. And then uh, Snob jumping in from Oklahoma. Yep. Thanks for the invite. You bet. So uh, I'm down here in Arizona. We normally uh, talk about the uh, industry and tech on Fridays. So I don't know if there's anything going on in the news as far as tech or in the industry. But we've had a lot of political stuff this week. So um, there we go. Anything? Um. Jeez, not that I can think of. I'm kind of over hearing about all the 3D printed gun stuff by now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a big thing. Can we talk about that, or did we talk about it yesterday when I was absent? Or Because I have some questions about that, and maybe we can work through them together. Go ahead. Um, okay, so number one. Who the hell is going to shoot that thing? Wouldn't that blow up in your hand? Because I keep hearing it's like a 9mm, a 380, or a 40. So, I mean, I'm not shooting that. And how is it How is it hitting a primer? Where is the force? Is there a spring? Are you 3D printing a spring? So you're talking about that goofy looking one that kind of looks kind of goofy? Looks like a yeah, with like an AR-15 grip on it. That's the one I keep seeing. So if there's other ones, I don't know. But the one I keep seeing is like a weird, like a goofy, snub-nosy AR-15 grip thing. Yeah, so I think that one was originally made to be a gun, right? Like all you needed to put a bullet in there and then like a rubber band or something. And you printed out all the parts and then it was big and goofy so that it would hold the... Uh, 22, I guess, I think. But I don't think they're 9mm 40s or anything like that. But um, most of the 3D printed stuff is receivers, as far as I'm, I know, the AR receivers, which uh, you know, are only a portion of the gun. Right, and so, yeah, I know there's a whole, you print the, I mean, the pistol one is the one that I think people are focusing on. At least the people that I see, like the liberals that I see, um, they're focusing on that one because it's like, oh, you can 3D print a pistol and put it in your pocket and, you know, get a shot off. But 
Go ahead, snob, because I see you freaking unmuting and muting. I was just going to tell you, it's called the Liberator. That and it's only supposed to be good for one shot. Okay, but what... Uh, I'm Googling this right now, and then I'll screen share it. So what... I thought it was like a 9mm caliber. I don't know how it works. But... I mean, would you shoot a 9mm out of that? Heck no, it's plastic. It the just plastic doesn't... Like, I understand there's an execution of it, yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't think it's going to work. Does it work? Is there, like, a video of someone shooting one? Not that I've seen. And then uh, the... So the 80% or the printing a lower, an AR-15 lower, obviously is the one that G was just talking about, which I do see some of that, but it seems like people aren't as terrified of that one or that one's not the one getting the screen time recently but even that i mean i've seen i had a friend with a polymer lower he shot like five rounds out of the thing and it broke so is 3d printing capabilities any better than that like can you make some sort of like reliable lower that'll not break after a couple rounds. Three, I don't, I don't know, but regular polymer lowers usually last longer than five or ten rounds. That's an anomaly. They can they have fiberglass uh, stuff in them. You know they're embedded or whatever it's called. So uh, they're they're pretty strong. Like a right, not a three D printed one necessarily, but uh, just a polymer lower. I mean, I've seen I've seen one break, but I have heard. You know, like nice stories about them too. So, so the the pistol, though, if they, I didn't know people were concerned about that pistol, it's like you said, oh, it's that's proof. the one that's like. So when if you scroll through like a, I don't know, a liberal's feed, that's what you're seeing because that's the one that everyone's like terrified of right now because that's like straight up a gun. Okay. Yeah, and it's supposed to be able to go through a metal detector and all this supposedly. Oh yeah, so that it's okay, great. So, that, why are they scared now? I mean, they—that's been a concept since that one movie with Clint Eastwood, I think. But if they're worried about people printing that, that thing is huge. It is not small at all. I guess. Uh, I don't know. So their concern, I guess, is on that three D printed pistol thing more than the lowers. I thought it was about the lowers, like Glock lowers, AR lowers. I don't know, but I seen a, something either on Facebook or Instagram earlier today that was talking about why would a criminal want to print this when he can go buy a stolen gun for a third or an eighth of the cost of buying a printer and doing all that. So why does it even matter? Yeah, that's a big point that people are making, that those printers aren't cheap. It's not like a $50 printer you pick up at Walmart and you're printing you know, your Glock 40s all night. It's like kind of ex an expensive thing. It requires a little bit of a skill. And if you're going to print plastic guns, are you going to shoot plastic bullets? They're Syntec. <laughs> Still going to have to have a case of primer. It's got to go through the metal detector that's metal. Yeah. And well, then, don't, just don't be, you know, don't be doing rational, logical arguments about stuff like this. You just waste your time. Well, I'm just, what my main freaking question is, is 
who is is it has this been shot like has someone actually shot a round out of one and it didn't blow up in your hand and then maybe uh-huh. like this is hardly new i mean this all was explained or like they all dug into this whenever they first came up with that plan but yeah he was doing all kinds of videos and stuff about shooting it back when he invented it well, it was years ago right I don't know. I mean, I don't really follow the, like, this kind of thing until now, really, I guess. But, and then there's a whole, uh, the first and free speech code is free speech that, um, uh, FPC has been posting a lot about that. So I think it's a very interesting issue, this whole plastic gun thing. I think it's been going on a while. I think the most interesting part of this is, especially the senators from Connecticut, the guns they hold up are AR-15s. And and there's no way you could make a plastic AR-15. I mean, they already have polymer lowers, but, you know, they're saying, oh, it's undetectable. Well, you know, if it doesn't have a steel barrel and you put a 223 round through it, you've just built yourself a little plastic pipe bomb is basically all you've done. So it's, it's just a, it's the total irrationality of this whole thing. You know, 10 years ago, they were saying, oh, the, the, the Constitution only covers, the Second Amendment only covers run one-round guns, and here these guys have these one-round single-use guns, and they're losing their friggin' minds. I don't know. Well, the Constitution really meant really long single-shot guns, like back in the pictures, so they didn't mean the handguns, because they didn't need those to, you know, for the military. Military-grade plastic pistols. Well, anyway, yeah, that was just my little... uh, I still want to know how it strikes a primer. I uh, just found a picture. Hold on, let me screen share. All right. It's a broke-down breakdown of it. See if I can... Oh, here we go. See, it's almost like it's plastic springs wound, I guess. I don't know. There's a roofing nail sitting there, it looks like. Wow, and that I would yeah. that's really strong enough to mm. But it's just that this looks like a I don't know, is that a twenty two? I can't even tell what that is. Is it? Zoom in. You can hold the control key on your keyboard and then scroll the wheel on your mouse. Oh. There we go. Let's see if I can pull it. Maybe like a three eighty. Yeah, it may be a 380. It's got a rim or like a rimless cartridge, not like a 22. But see how thick the barrel is? Which I mean, you'd want it pretty thick. Use the AR grip for scale. Things way bigger than AR lower. Yeah, AR. It's bigger than an AR lower with the big knobby thing that sticks out the end. And that's just because you need that much mass, and that would take forever. That's you know, there's different ways to print. That's probably like the best print possible in order to get the most density out of that plastic. And right. big. Hmm. Can't tell what that is. I wonder if it's more like a 32 or something smaller. I don't think it's big enough to be a 380. It's not really big enough to tell. Yeah. Yeah, they needed to put a dime or a quarter on the table so you have some sense of scale 
Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty neat, though, but I don't really have any use for one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested in getting into 3D printing for that, but interesting um, shit. I mean, it, legal-wise, it's interesting uh, precedents being set and interest, interesting rulings and um, you know, legal analysis, so... It's well, people have been able to make their own guns for decades, though. This isn't any... This is still basic change. All it is is a little bit different technology. And, and you know, the same guys that wouldn't go out and buy a bridge port to, to mill their own barrels and, and, you know, drill their own barrels, you know, these same people are not going to start running out there and buying printers. And, and you're, I have a hard time believing you're going to buy a three or a $500 printer and, and make something that, that works halfway decent. I mean, it looks to me like we're talking much more serious equipment yeah, I yeah. think those are several thousand dollars for these printers. Yeah. And, and if you're going to do that, Jesus, go buy a Saturday night special. You, you have more rounds. Go buy an NAA, for God's sake, you know, and, and, and put, you know, put five rounds of 22 Magnum in it. Well, I don't know why you would. I just don't see the benefit. And I mean, I think it's neat that they can do it or that you can do it now. But I don't see the benefit in it. If you're going to build a cheap throwaway gun, build a slide fire shotgun on a, you know plumbing pipe well i mean it's, i guess it's like a technology advancement right so just like oh you can print this and not have to like do metal things yeah and maybe in 10 years it'll be something that's actually you know viable but right now it's not yeah if they can't handle regular bullets i don't even want to know what's going to happen when you start firing plasma rounds out of them oh my god I just feel like if someone was like, hey, shoot this plastic pistol, I'd be like, nope. You go ahead. It, it's a hobbyist thing. You know, it, you know, it, it's it's like me with the ham radio, you know. I'm looking to, to try packet. And it's like, well, why do you need packet? You got the internet. Well, because it's just something to play with. It's just something to screw around with. And, and that's what a lot of this stuff is all about. And, and, you know, somewhere, yeah, there'll probably be some guy in some basement someplace that comes up with the next cool thing in gun technology. And, and you know, he'll either get rich or the big companies will take it over. But everybody will benefit. And, and thinking that this is, I, I, it's the whole thing again is if you let people be free, they all turn into evil criminal killers. That's the, that is the liberal mantra. You can't be free because we don't trust you to be free. And I'm so offended by that. Yeah, but I mean, people, liberals like that kind of stuff. They like all the takeaway that makes them safe. But, I mean, they're just dreamers, I guess. Pants said on the Gun Channel side that uh, they're printing metal in the aerospace industry on multi-million dollar printers. So maybe at some point they could actually print a quality firearm. But like multi-million dollar printers. Well, yeah, I don't even see the benefit. Even if you print AR lowers, basically a polymer lower for an AR, if you're printing that, where's the benefit in that? I don't understand it because, you know, they're not very expensive. I mean, are you going to be able to buy one cheaper than 30 bucks? Or, or print one cheaper than 30 bucks? I mean, Jesus, just a time scale involved of, of you know, uh, 
doing the material, you know, layer after layer after layer. It's going to take hours and hours and hours to print one of those things. There's no way that's cost effective. Oh, yeah. Right, where are we even taking this now? So there's this concern that people are 3D printing guns. Like Cycle said, you can take a hard wood and whittle a gun out of it. It'll shoot a 22 out of wood. Pretty sure people have been able to do that since we've had you know, fine metal implements, if not been able to do that out of stone, right? So the concept of somebody creating a gun is nothing new. Every single gun that's ever been invented, period, was somebody sitting around somewhere tinkering with a gun. It was only until very recent history that a company would sit down with a task of you know, making a new tool or something. But every single gun, look at them, every single gun was some guy sitting in his garage filing on wood or drawing on paper or fiddling with clay. A, a month ago, my brother-in-law made an AR-15 lower for a pistol out of wood just to see if he could do it. And yeah, he had to put some reinforcing uh, aluminum bits at the top, but the, all the lower, it's all made out of wood. And it works like a champ. I couldn't believe it. He, he actually made it into a pistol, and he turned it into a bolt-action pistol. And he brought it down to the range the other day. He was showing it to me, and it's like, yeah, bang, bang, bang. You know, it works like it's supposed to. It's hilarious. I want to see a picture of that. That's pretty cool. So It's actually on Facebook. Uh, uh, if I let, let me look around and see if I can find it. So in addition to being able to make firearms out of any material anyway, um, hijackings are, I guess, a thing. But uh, you know, to, to suggest that you can't even innovate in, the, in this realm of technology based on the fear or the concern of what some bad people might do seems kind of a weird way to cover. I don't know if we do that on anything else. Do we tell people they can't? figure out new ways to fly because terrorists or that they can't figure out new ways to shove materials through pipes because some terrorists might one day use that against us. Can we not learn new radio stuff because terrorists? Why, how come they get to persecute innovation and tech uh, whenever it has to do with firearms? Well, you know, I just started reading that book we were talking about the other day, Glock America's Handgun. That's basically what he did. He just started in his garage, piddling with it. It's something no, you know, no one had ever heard of before, and he built it. It's kind of the same basic idea. And he came at it with the knowledge of a material that no one had really applied to it before. So if we're going to tell people, hey, take this new tech and don't apply it to these, these are you know, already violent enough, then how does that help anybody? Name anything that we've ever developed that either the person himself or the the tech or something about creating the tech hasn't had offshoots that develop other things. So it just doesn't seem very uh, consistent with their logic to suggest that you can't develop tech. Well, I think it's just came to the point that the gun grabbers are just whatever they can find to go after, they'll go after it. If they think they can get, you know, a win on anything, they're going after whatever they can. Yeah. Because every second matters. We 
is it do we get to dismiss it as oh those crazy gun grabbers they'll take anything anything they can grab or is it possible that they have um, unified direction and a goal in mind and these are steps that take them to that goal if you want to call that a slippery slope or if you want to take it nibbling or if you want to take it compromising until extinction but uh I think we do ourselves a disservice if we assume that it is luck. If it's luck, great, but I think we do better by assuming that they're doing this with intent and strategy. Or am I crazy? Am I paranoid? No, they're mm-hmm. totally grabbing, but they're they're methodically grabbing because everything what's like the you know, they all say no one's coming for your guns, crazy gun nuts. We're not grabbing your guns. But you just regulate everything around the gun until the gun's the last thing left. Well, you, you right now they're just with this. They're just regulating the technology to advance guns, so you know they can stop it there. Well, yeah, but one day you're going to be able to buy a 3D printer at Best Buy that prints out like a Glock quality lower, and exactly. where you won't even be able to tell the difference between something off the factory and something. You- and that's right, right. But that gun isn't any more dangerous than any other lower. You know what I mean? It's it's the it's the hardware on the top that makes a difference. You know, it's the barrel and the slide and all that other stuff. And and you know, you don't see anybody putting out the you know repeating firearms out there or semi-automatic firearms out there because they just they just can't do it. I don't know if that link in the group chat works or not, but if you go to Facebook and you and you search for wooden lower, uh, if you look, it's also known as Project Woody. Uh, you might be able to find his. Uh, some pictures of the pistol that he made. Well, yeah, I mean, the a, a 3D printed gun, an 80% lower, a wood lower, whatever, they're no more dangerous than any other gun. It's just that the government doesn't get to regulate that one, and that's what they don't like. Yeah, I totally agree, and I really think that they they see this, the gun grabbers per se, see this as a something easy to grasp onto right now, and you know, whenever they can get a win anywhere they can get it, they're going to take it, and they think this will be an easy win for them. Well, have you heard the like horror stories that they say about this whole thing, like what the liberals are spreading around? Oh yeah, how you can you know. You can walk through TSA and all sorts of stuff with this guy. Oh, yeah. Basically, it's just like you're going to go home. You'll print out, you know, a 3D pistol in two seconds. And then you'll go and you'll have it in your pocket. Anyone can have a gun, you know, within five seconds at any time. So it's like like they paint it as, like, what it's not. They're scared of something that's never happened and probably never will happen, but they want to make the masses scared of it. That wood lower is cool. Yeah, I used laminated wood, so it looks really, really neat. And you, you know, you see the pins. In order to get the pins to stay in, he actually had to drill holes in here and put set screws in to keep the pins from falling out. Not, not an easy thing to do. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and and then because it's Connecticut, and of course we can't make our AR-15 rifles because those are illegal. Uh, he turned it into this is a fixed magazine, and it's a bolt action, so that gets him around the the uh, rifle restrictions. And obviously, since the lower is not 
named. It's a not not a name lower. Uh, he gets away with that, and I like the Spartan, uh, the little Spartan symbol he put on it too. Pretty cool. That bolt action's like I mean, it looks cool. Yeah, and his next, the next thing he's going to do is he's going to cut this bolt off and get rid of the buffer spring assembly because you don't really need it. With a bolt action, you don't really need it. So that would get rid of the, the buffer spring hanging off the back, you know, this buffer spring assembly here hanging off the back. Hmm. So that's, that's, that's his next thing he's going to try to do because he's just nuts. He just loves, I wonder if I could do that kind of stuff. That's how you end up being uh, in new blocks. Oh, yeah. Cool. You know, if you got to have a brother-in-law, have a cool one, man. That's the important thing. So that's to do the winter Tulsa? Yes. Right on. Oh, wow. Some of us know him that. Some of you don't. I just don't get why they're freaking out of the 3D printing things because, I mean, just like that, it's probably a lot more cost-effective than the 3D printed. So again, this is, I don't think it's just like they have no rationale. I think that it's, they get to persecute gun owners, which is always effective because we're not effective at taking black eyes and dealing with it and moving on. We glitch out exactly on schedule, exactly when they want us to. Uh, I've used the analogy that we're a giant punching bag. They know they can come over and punch us whenever they want. So uh, there's that aspect to it. They don't lose anything on their side politically for demonizing the gun owners as trying to abuse a 3D printer. So if somebody just casually takes a look, they go, oh, those gun owners, now they're, you know, they're exploiting 3D printers to be evil and violent. So they get a win right there. Uh, and then they they keep people who are and clever and doing their thing from getting into guns so if you watch some of this stuff on youtube because that's a good insight to these clever people right that exist and they share what they're doing out there uh, some of them are celebrities but a lot of them are just regular smart people that just have always done interesting things i mean think of like tesla and edison and stuff those are just regular people we happen to know about them now after history but in real life they were just weird people in their shops doing things because they were curious and trying to figure out things. Every once in a while, they made a couple of bucks. But uh, there's people like that all over the world right now, right? And YouTube lets us take a look at them and you watch some of their YouTube channels and it's frustrating and discouraging because they won't even touch a gun. They don't, they're scared of guns, there's laws. If they don't have any interest at all, then they don't even bother because of those laws. So I don't think it's just they're, the anti-gunners are grasping at straws or it's just another thing they can do or it's just a frustration for us or it's just another way to keep us from actually pushing the, 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 the line back the other way on things like the 4473 or why uh, people with disabilities are meant to have to carry around firearms the same way, same way as someone who's com you know, completely young and fit. It's ridiculous. So that they can keep us from fighting them by throwing stuff out there. But I think it's important for them to keep the guns like a, a mystified thing and the thing that has a lot of bureaucracy and something that you only the extremists would think about using this for a gun or something. I don't think it has anything to do with the practicality of it or 
I don't know, even, you know, I think it, it, it effectively stops innovation, but I really don't think that's really their goal. I think it's their goal is really just to, to stop people from attempting guns at anything, not just attempting to build guns with a 3D printer. I think you're absolutely right about that. But I don't know. There's there's meetings and stuff that I suppose gun people get into to keep track of what's going on on the anti-gun side, but I've never seen any summaries or any kind of... I've never done any research on it either, though. So if there's stuff out there, it might be. You know, It's one of the reasons I like to go to the, um, the big events in the industry, because you get people like John Lott, Chris Knox... Um, who, uh, I guess it be Jeff Knox. Anyway, um, the, I forget which one of the brothers, but, um, anyway, they, you know, you get to talk to them and they have hundred percent, a lot more information about what's been done or what research is out there and find out, uh, if there's been any kind of like, uh, I guess a big view a review of the anti-gun strategy. I mean, does, did Bloomberg just sit down and throw however many millions of dollars? Not that much money for him, but it's a lot of money. Does he just literally throw that out there and throw it at his employees and say, go screw with gun owners, go try to make me famous, go try to prevent violence, like save children? Does he just throw that money down or does he have some overall goal in mind? And then is there people that are tracking that? And if so, are they recording it anywhere? I mean, there's the political people who have a lot of money, but they have multiple political things. I don't know too many of them that are strictly interested in guns or anti-gun. And again, do they ever let their hand show when they're talking to their own people? Like, this is my overall goal in 30 years. I want no guns, and this is how I'm going to do it. I don't think obnoxious is saying, look how stupid Shannon Watts is. I agree. I don't think Shannon Watts gives a shit about guns one way or the other. I think she just wants a paycheck. She worked for Enron or whatever it was or DuPont or something or both. So she's just a person who knows how to make things happen and facilitate projects and stuff at that level. She's just a, an employee who's you know willing to do that. But... Um, you know, whenever Bloomberg stops paying her or, you know, something, for some reason she decides to do something else, somebody else comes along and pays her more, whatever, um, she's not going to care. She'll go worry about the oceans or whatever, something next, weather. Well, I kind of personally feel like we have someone in an organization we all support that does that same exact thing and... What do you mean? You know, no, Wayne LaPierre and... Chris Cox stuff. I think they're just there for the paycheck and whoever was paying them more, they'd go to them. Oh, I wish. No, I wish. <laughs> They've been doing it for too long. I think they've definitely got, you know, their little thing down. I don't think they hate guns, but they certainly like the debate. You know, no, I don't think they hate guns, but I think they like the money more than they like anything. Yeah, no, but I guess if I was going to say, I think they like this little fight for some reason, because if they just wanted money, I'm sure somebody would have come along at some point and said, here's more money, right? Like, you've been effective. Look how much money you made. Let's go make some more. But maybe not. Sure. Maybe he's super ineffective and he just happens to be able to do what he's doing there. <laughs> so I'm not just saying there's no, uh, 
strategy but money thrown at it? I, I mean, I hope so, but I don't know. I'm wondering, curious if anybody's ever uh, done any kind of study on, on the anti's strategy. I think they have a really good strategy, unfortunately. I just think they start whittling wherever they can and just keep growing and keep making guns. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, look bad if you own guns. I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now. Like uh, unpopular or looked down on. Yeah, like yeah. Not, well, they demonize us. It's uh, gun owners are the reasons that there are criminals. Right. Because there wouldn't be any criminals if if if, if people would, didn't own guns that the criminals could steal and use and, and stuff. You know, it, it's it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. So they're willing to accept a future that would be less violent because with our, you know, if we were to give up guns finally and quit being so violent ourselves, right? So now, you know, any gun violent thing that happens, any violence that happens with a gun by its owner right now um, is, you know, a gun owner. So that's a violent gun owner right there. Now, if somebody picks up a gun and uses it, they might not have been a gun owner, but it's because of a gun owner had a gun that that violence occurred. So you're right. When they see a future with no guns at all, then all they can see is like, you know, all of us gun owners are somehow nonviolent. We're not going to, you know, it was the guns that made us violent and they, yeah, no other violence will happen. Right. And, and, and they, but they totally leave out the part of the argument that says, well, what's the what's the actual modus operandi of these guys that steal guns? So I'm going to knock off a liquor store. So uh, at ten this morning, I'm going to break into somebody's house and steal a gun. And at twelve thirty, I'm going to knock off a liquor store. That's not how it works. These guys steal guns. They cash them. They they train. You know, they train with them. They use them. They have them hanging around for months and months. You never know when they're going to commit the crime. And, and at that point in time, they are a gun owner. I don't give a shit what anybody says. They're evil, bad ones, but 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 they are. You know, it's not like they, they make it sound like it's, well, you know, I'm going to walk in and get a gun. And then, you know, a half hour later, here I am, guns are blazing, robbing a liquor store, holding somebody else up at, a, at an ATM. And that's just not how it works. But But logic and facts mean absolutely nothing. Well, you know, just like what you said, if they take, you know, if they take every gun off the America streets, you know, then they're going to just start doing what, you know, London's doing now. I read, I think it's been like two or three weeks ago, but one of the large stores, they're basically a Walmart there, chain stores, are quitting selling kitchen knives because of the violence, the Waitress. knife violence. So Waitress or Tesco? I don't know. Because you didn't, you didn't solve the problem. You just changed the tool. Exactly. Yep. Well, it's going to go really good with the quote tonight. I picked one that fits right into this topic. Ooh, I'm excited to hear it. All right. So, I mean, we spoke about that a lot. So, why don't we roll into some of the other stuff like gun shop of the day, gun movie of the day? Um, history and that kind of stuff. So, gun movie of the day. I saw a movie last night that had guns in it. It was called Chernobyl Diaries. Chernobyl Diaries. 
Have you guys seen that on the Netflix? No, and I, I'm surprised that had guns in it because isn't that the story of the nuclear accident? Yeah, everything with diaries in it is a girl movie. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> is that the sequel to Princess Diaries? Yeah. It's a Russian version. Oh, okay. Diary uh, of a Mad Black Woman. I like that one. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, so it. Uh, it's like a scary movie ish, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I didn't pick it, someone else picked it. I guess, but um, yeah, it, it has some guns in it. There was like a SIG in it. There's some AKs. What was the basic premise of the movie? Dude, I can't even fucking tell you. Oh no, yes I can. It's these. It's a group of like two brothers and their girlfriends, and they're going to Ukraine for some kind of like European vacation tour thing. Maybe like backpacking in Europe. And they want to go to, I guess, Chernobyl or a town near it. Or they can't go there, so they have to go to this one near it. And then they're in, like, this haunted uh, – well, it's not really haunted. There's these weird, like, I guess mutant aliens or something. There's, like, a bear. It was kind of, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But I did see an AK. It was like a rip off a Rocky Horror Picture Show or me. I don't know. No, it was weird. It was very. It was totally a guy movie, so I think like a guy would enjoy it more. But uh, yeah, I just noticed. I just like the gun. There was a guy in there, and his name was Yuri, and he seemed like the one with like the most level head and the one who could like probably make it through this thing. Because, of course, they're all doing stupid shit and dying. And, like, you know, things are abducting them and eating them, maybe. Um, but, yeah, Yuri gets killed off at the beginning. He was the only sensible one, so he couldn't stay. What was the name of it again? Chernobyl Diaries. Okay. Are you going to read the synopsis? I was going to Google it. Oh, okay. So has anyone seen it besides me? Nope. Nope. D-Webs? Oh, no. I go out of my way not to watch movies that have diary in the title. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm, uh, number one, I'm going to unsubscribe you guys from the nail polish tips because obviously you but, um, yeah, so for the first time, I'm the only one that's seen the movie. And I explained it like shit, I'm sure. But maybe watch it. Maybe not. It was very, um, it was one of those movies where even though it was kind of bad, it was kind of funny because it was so ridiculous that it was kind of worth it. Right on. Well, that's what it's all about. It's talking about movies that people might not have seen. So that time we talk about movies we've all seen already. I think Mid Midnight might have seen it. He says it's a horror flick. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's supposed to be scary, but... Scary? 
Oh, what's that dog doing there? All right, so one of the reasons we do the show every single day is so that we can feature a new gun shop every day, uh, gun museums and uh, shooting ranges as well. So this is one of the gun museums in Cody, Wyoming. And Chris posted this on his Instagram. Looks like he took his dog to a place called the Cody Dug Up Gun Museum. And uh, I've only seen pictures from the outside. I think Dead Horse told us about it too, uh, to make sure to visit it. But this is what it looks like in there. So as you can imagine, a bunch of guns that they found out in the wild. And they have a obviously cool look to them. Looks like they've got some stuff from Europe. Unless this, they found this out here, I don't know. It's like a PPSH though. Kind of neat. On a skull. We find them out in the desert out here quite a bit, and often they've got rounds in them like that. And that's what it looks like on the outside. So, uh, yeah, it was very cool. I've definitely had that on my list when I go to Cody. I'm going to check it out. It's just down the street and around the corner from the big museum, but it's a separate entity. And now we've had a chance to see what the inside looks like a little bit. That's pretty cool. I like it that. is kind of cool. I feel better really for Chris because you know how frustrating it would have been for him. He would have been like, can I stick this on a tree? Or like, can, you know, if there's a rusty knife I can jab in a tree and then balance them the gun on? But he would still manage to take these pictures, so that's was able to control it, I guess. Yeah, just take a hundred years from now when people start cutting down the trees around where Chris lives and they find all those knives stuck in them and the Glocks hanging in them and all that. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like one of those deals. They'll be open up a, a tree gun store just like this. Well, the good news is it's a Glock, so it'll, you know, you just wipe it off and shoot it. Good point. And there's a dog in this one, so there you go. Got a gun shop and you want to rec uh, suggest it, you can always email us, dailygunshow at gmail.com. Wait, so are we still doing member of the day? Sure. All right, so today's member of the day. Um, we'll go to the gun channel side. Is it loading? loading? Look at this. Chernobyl Diaries is the best movie I've ever seen on Netflix. Said that. that person obviously don't get out much. Oh, Lord. It was just Troy. He's just sucking up to Angelina. Oh, maybe. All right. So our member of the day today is... Oh, John Z. New Yorker. So John is... Well, I mean, in short, John's the shit. So... Uh, I like John. I enjoy John a lot. Um, he lives in New York, so I'm super jealous of him. And yeah, I love John. Anyone else like to say nice things about John? It's like a funeral when this happens. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised at how long it took John to learn to drive like a normal person when we did the trip. Oh, that's right. He actually, he actually did. He started off kind of bad, but uh, it, it ended up, you know, he ended up uh, picking it up okay. And for someone who just drives in the big city all the time, he did all right. You know, I've driven in New York in, you know, Manhattan a couple times. It is no easy task. So it's definitely a uh, kudos if he was able to tone it the fuck down. 
And he definitely carries a heavier gun than most of us do. Yeah, next time we'll have to get him a 3D printed one so it's a little lighter. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit of trivia, we have a, a thumbnail on the show today that is one of the cats John trains at his uh, Kung Fu Dojo for kittens in New York. Yep. Those cats are really something to see. All right, so let's move on to history, which is my personal favorite part of the day. So... The first one, which I thought was kind of the coolest one, was 1892, Lizzie Borden. She did her accent. But that, but that wasn't a gun. It wasn't a gun, no. So you might want to think about axe legislation because this woman was able to murder like four people with a very unsafe axe. If only it had like a paddle over the handle or something, or like you couldn't adjust the handle or something like that, it would have been way safer. I thought she only killed her father. Didn't she kill like four people? Anyone know? Anyone? Not that I'm aware of. I thought it was just her father. Nob? What year was it? It was 1892. Borden, it says Borden parents found dead, so she's killed at least two people. I've debunked you at least this far. Well, it was before I was born. A couple years, but... Only like... Yeah. A couple of years before that, in 1492. Anyone know what happened in 1492, August 3rd, 1492? Christopher Columbus, Columbus the ocean, the ocean blue. blue. Yep. So he left uh, Spain, it looks like, with the Santa Maria, the Pinta, and the Nina. 39 men? Holy crap. Holy crap. She, she murdered her. both her mother and father. So I think he killed way more people than her. And I guess 1492, I don't know if I don't think he had guns. He well, had one is closer to two than four is. Um, 1944, and Frank captured. Yeah, there's another one of those diary books. Yeah, um, I've got diary. 1678, Robert LaSalle built the first ship in America called the Griffin. 1678 today. 1873, Hester and 7th Cavalry attacked by Indians. What day are you on? August 4th. I'm on the it's third. the third. Days is third. In 1861, the construction of the USS Monitor was authorized, so they started getting ready to build the first ironclad. Oh, 1982, sodomy arrests sparks controversy. Interesting. In oh. 1977, the Tandy Corporation introduced the TRS-80, the first world, the world's first mass-produced personal computer. 
I cool. remember those. I had a TRS-80, so that was what year? 77. Wow. Wow. 1996, the Macarena begins its reign atop the U.S. pop charts. Can you still do that, Angelina? Um, I, If I thought about it, maybe. I'd have to like, I have to have like a warm up period. We'll save that for a late night chat. Yeah. 1861, last installment of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens is published. 1950, Congress removed the existing limitations on the size of the army. The army issued an involuntary recall of 30,000 enlisted men from volunteer and active reserve to report in September. Oh, okay, so the, the Congress said that you don't, there's no limit to the size of the army, so they and they recalled 30,000 back from the inactive reserve. Imagine that was for Korea. 1958, Corsairs of the famed Black Sheep Squadron of World War II led by uh, Major Keller launched from the USS Sicily and executed the first Marine aviation mission of the Korean War in a raid against enemy, enemy installations near Incheon. In 1914, Germany declared war on France. Are the Corsairs the coolest plane from World War II? I think they Thunderbolt. I like them. 1965, CBS News shows pictures of men from the 1st Battalion, 9th Marines, setting fire to huts in a village six miles west of Da Nang, despite reports that the Viet Cong had already fled the area. That film re report sparked indignation and condemnation against U.S. policy in Vietnam, both at home and overseas. Uh, Department of Defense announced that it was increasing the monthly draft from 17,000 to 27,000. And then to 36,000. It also announced that the Navy require, would require uh, 4,600 more draftees the first time they needed more since 1956. So, I guess 1965, the media started influencing things or continued to influence things, probably. Two, or two Medal of Honors awarded to. So j just to show that, that all cultures have their really weird duh moments, in 1940, German occupiers forbid ritual slaughters. Also English and French movies. <laughs> oh, God. Gotta love it. All right, well, we're winding down, but yeah, let's remember that uh, some weird shit's happening in California. Um, got some different videos and posts happening from people that are talking about uh, police getting, doing door-to-door -door confiscations, door-to-door, like, 
valuations of firearms are you know, in compliance, I guess. And there's only like 15 arrests. So, um, fortunately, that's going to be something to pay attention to uh, in California. Uh, some of them were perceptions of flash from a muzzle brake. So some of the arrests aren't just, you know, blatant uh, violations as much as attempts to comply and then, you know, law enforcement scrutiny that, you know, classifies a muzzle brake as a uh, as a flash suppressor, for example. So did this just come about today? Because I haven't even heard about it, but I haven't been online at all today. Till yeah. I started seeing the post today, but evidently the initiative or whatever has been around for a bit it's been going on but it's you know as these people are getting arrested and the word's getting out it's becoming more the word's getting out i think kind of in a rush today or in a flood today more than it has i've been busy all day and hadn't been online hardly at all i mean it's tough to keep track of all this stuff and you know we've talked about it on every second matters that um you know there's efforts we're always continuing to work at that unfortunately we don't have one referee or one coach or something to, to let everybody know where to put everything so uh, as far as catching up on or keeping up on california stuff i think fpc does a pretty good job a firearms policy coalition they go by gun policy on instagram and they do a decent job of keeping people aware of what's going on a uh, little bit of entertaining stuff but um for the most part not too much extraneous stuff uh, then the California, what is it, CA, I don't know what that one is, California, somebody else will help me with that one, CRPA or something, is it the Rifle and Pistol Association or something? Um, again, they do a pretty decent job of letting people know about the important stuff that's happening in California. Unfortunately, California's strategy, the antis in California, their strategy is to just bombard with anti-gun stuff so that it's difficult, you know, if you try to follow what's happening there, there's just constant new threats so it's definitely a challenge to keep up with all that stuff and that's kind of another thing i think they figured out is just to burn money out of like say the farms policy coalition or any of those they can just keep burning their money by just filing just bill after bill after bill all the time yeah they they can like say burn through all of our resources and all of our attention and all of our you know best intention really you know you can only deal with so much stuff you know and we're not all paid obvious and unfortunately it's up to us you know nobody's going to make it easier for us it's up to us to figure out how to us to be aware of what their initiatives are and then allocate resources appropriately and hopefully come up with a system where we can keep people who are interested in uh, efforting um, aware of where to put that effort and uh ideally some way that people can see i don't know what needs work or you know what's the hot spots so you know it's not up to one or two people but you know people can jump in and put their you know their, their resources where it's necessary and then when it's when it's appropriate to the next concern but once we're together doom and bloomberg all he can do is pay marketing firms to do stuff he's had pretty free reign of it he pays marketing firms he comes in he you know Washington State, at least, you know, their strategy there was to buy the biggest three lobbying firms or the whatever you want to call them, not lobbying, but marketing firms. 
uh, that you know can put them to work to influence the the public on on these universal background checks and all this crap. And it was effective. They hired the people whose job it is to you know tell people to buy Coke or Pepsi or whatever, put them to work. Those people are willing to work for that kind of uh, goal, and uh, and they did so. So not only does it you know it's frustrating because they hire people whose job it is to to know how to influence mass numbers of people but they also hire the people so even if we had the money and the interest in hiring somebody like that to do the work towards our side they've already hired the people so it's definitely frustrating but uh like anything there's always in a you know there's always a, an angle and that's that's the thing i see it as the major flaw in bloomberg's uh, strategy is that all he can do is pour money. He doesn't have people on that side that really care, that really are interested. So once we've got our shit together and once the people who are interested and have serious motivation from a core belief, you know, they're from their core, they have an interest in this, doom on him. He can't pay money to to, to affect that once we've got our shit together and once we're able to, uh, to put our resources effectively where they need to be, he can't. You know, there's no way to put money towards that. It'll require that that side has, this, has the same number of people or the same amount of ability. And that's going to be really difficult for a bunch of people who aren't really all that interested in the, in the goal. I suspect 90% of the anti-gunners right now just hate Trump. And, you know, they hate Trump for anything. And if it's, they hate Trump because of guns, great. One thing that really worries me about the California stuff is when people like around, you know, my area say, oh, just forget California, just forget. Cal well, no, you can't forget California because what happens there bleeds over into Washington and Oregon. And then it's eventually going to bleed to the rest of the country. So we have to try to stop it there first. I think it's important to start, you know, to attempt to stop things there because you're like you say, that's the, where the blood is coming from. But the more work we can do there that's effective you know that happens where it's necessary you know, it happens in front of the people that are the ones who keep pushing once they see that they're not able to push that's uh psychological win also right they keep yeah. winning and we keep winning in washington that doesn't help california they still feel emboldened if we can have a couple of wins a couple of more wins in california you know that's that's got to be psychological for the people in California, too, to see that their efforts are effective. Plus, not to mention the amount of voters alone that are in California. So if we can win a few of them over. We put uh, effort into figuring it out. I think it came up to 7 million gun owners in California, like the you know of-age voting gun owners in California, 7 million of them. There are a lot of gun owners here. Clint is saying, I wonder if they're going to be checking out the guns in Compton or East L.A. Yeah, good point. And they'll set up in uh, areas where there's tension, or are they just going to do it where it's, I don't know. Um, no, of course not. The cops are going to go to the predominantly white conservative neighborhoods where people are law-abiding, and they're not going to give them a lot of shit. Right. Well, okay, there's that thing that the Daily Shooter said that's been going around that everyone's, like, posting right now. And does not live in a predominantly white, predominantly upper middle class area. Well, his theory is that they are looking at the people who what complied, people who registered, 
and they're going to go verify their compliance, I guess. So that's the first thing that they've got, the police have. And then they're going to go supposedly, or maybe, I don't know what he's trying to say, uh, but they could potentially, I guess, go look at all the 4473s and uh, anything that was sold as an any or sold as just a lower, right, a receiver, uh, they would go check on those people next. So they'd have some direction based on paperwork when you, you know, buy from an FFL. But um, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that sounds like it could happen. But realistically, there's a lot of 4473s. They're all paper for the most part. And there's not enough human being officers to go even go to the stores, let alone then search through, even if it was just the last couple of years worth of 4473s, looking for the ones that were just sold as, you know, that, that little narrow category, and then compile names, which I don't even know if that's legal, and then take that and follow up on it. I mean, that would be a massive, monumental task. So I don't know. I mean, it sounds easy on paper, but th these aren't computerized records for a reason, so that it's not. Oh, that's, oh, that's that, that you're, you're so wrong about that. It's not funny. I mean, Connecticut has its own registration system for guns. We have to fill out our own forms on top of the 4473s, and they have lists of all the guns they believe you own. Okay, but does California have that? I understand that some states have that. Well, I'm just saying California is the bellwether. I, I would be shocked if California didn't have something very similar. From what I've I mean, don't you even have to get a permit to purchase a gun, for God's sake? No, we don't no. need we don't need a permit to purchase. We need a we pass a safety test, and then you hold a card that is good for five years. But from what I've heard, yes, there is a list like that like when they come a knock in they have a list of guns that they are pretty sure that you own i mean have i seen it firsthand nope but i've heard it like someone said that to me so i mean is it true is it not i don't know but the whole thing with the uh doj going around and checking out rifles from what I understand, there's no like firsthand report of that. It's all like third party. So I don't I don't know if that's even true or what about that, but Well the first hand guy would be in jail, right? He wouldn't be the one telling you. Well yeah, but who's in jail? Or who's that you know, I mean that's not Cal in California they catch and release all the time. They have this new law. So uh you know I mean, they allegedly started doing this like a month ago, so someone would have to be out of jail by now telling their story or someone's cell phone video or something like that. Or a wife or a spouse or whatever, right? Kid. A wife, a spouse, someone's ring camera on their front door catching them coming in or I don't know, something. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think it exists, but I'm just saying from, you know, a couple people I've talked to, everyone kind of says, well, I haven't seen any like firsthand reports. It's always like, oh, my cousin, or oh, you know, this dude, or whatever, something like that. I mean, but there has been, like, I have seen, um, I have seen pictures on like cow guns of like the, the DOJ police at like Subway. Like, someone took a picture and put it on cow guns saying, like, oh, look, look who's in town. So I can't say I've ever seen the DOJ police 
you know, ever in my entire life here in California. So I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Well, when they put a pistol, you guys have universal background checks now, correct? You can't just sell individually anymore? What do you mean? Like if you were going to sell a gun to Zorro, you'd have to go to a gun shop. You're not allowed to just sell a gun to another oh, person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if Zorro and I, if I was going to sell a gun to Zorro, you would have to meet me at a FFL gun shop. We would have to fill out the form and, you know, the 10 days and everything still applies. So what that means is that if you bought a gun, and they are aware of it and they come ask you for that gun and you say, oh, I sold it or I lost it in a voting accident. Uh, that's not like a get out of jail card. You, you got also a law, I think, that says you have to report lost or stolen, right? Um, yeah, now you have to report it lost or stolen. But when I sell it to Zoro, so there's the federal, you know, background check and then there's a Dros, which is like California. So that's their dealer record of sale. From how it was explained to me was that the state of California has a list of every pistol that comes into the state. So the pistol goes, you know, it goes from Glock to Joe's gun store. Joe's gun store sells it to Bob Smith. Bob Smith sells it to, you know, his grandson, Tyler Smith. And Tyler Smith sells it to some guy he doesn't even know, you know, Dan. But the whole time, California knows where this gun is. So okay. that's, that's what I heard how that works. Yep. So, so when it happens, you, you don't get to say, oh, I don't have that gun, or I misplaced it, or whatever. Especially when there's a law that says you can't misplace a gun, you have to report that it's stolen. There's well, now there is, yeah, now. Uh, you can't lose it. So if they come up and say... We think you have XYZ and you don't have XYZ or a receipt, you know, a legitimate receipt, move an XYZ to the next person. Hello, jail. Yeah, well, allegedly from, from everything I've heard in the gun school, because I've, I have sold a gun myself, you know, the legal way at an FFL. And I asked like, hey, so is this pistol now not association, associated with me? Like this... Does the state know that even though I bought this, I've now sold it? Because we were doing it all through the state. And they said yes. But the serial number now goes to him. So what if you just say Zora wants to loan you a gun? Do you have to go through that mess just to borrow a gun? Um, you used to be able to like loan your guns as long as whoever you were loaning it to was like, you know, a le legally able to own a firearm. Um, but now you cannot. Really? Yeah, because you, I mean, you could, you know, hey, I want to take my buddy's, you know, revolver to the range. Oh, yeah, here you go. Just bring it back. That was totally fine. Um, but now you can't do that. So you'd have to go through a dealer and do the waiting period just to borrow somebody's gun. Mm -hmm. There's even something where um, if you have your gun at like a gunsmith or something for an extended amount of time, you have to redross it back to yourself to make sure you can still own that gun. Like they re background check you basically. Mm. So if your gunsmith has your gun for six, seven months or whatever, you then have to pay $25 and go through a background check again to get your gun back from the gun. Smith. 
and again, all these things make it tedious and un, you know not worth you know not worth being in the sports or in the in the being involved in it. Tedious and very expensive, and there's all kinds of fees and hoops and you know just bullshit. Yeah, and if they can manage to get 10% less people to own a gun, then that's a win for them. Oh, yeah, that kind of stuff would stop all your casual owners. Mm-hmm. And it makes people go underground and, you know, turns people into criminals and stuff. And, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens with this. There's definitely concern. We are still cutting our teeth and getting our legs with social media. Obviously, like Angelina was saying, it's not... You know verifiable we've got multiple like you're saying like doorknob cameras or cell phone situations or anything so it's not like we're looking at a bunch of uh, videos of stuff happening we're talking about at this point what people have heard um so uh we'll uh continue to watch that but if it is something that is happening then it'll be super important to get some of that stuff documented so that when these antis suggest, oh, we're not trying to do this, and we tell them, well, you might not be trying it, but this is the actual only result. You know, if you, if you suggest that the only result to end violence is to confiscate and monitor these implements of some of the violence, then the only conclusion is you have to you know, have law enforcement out there enforcing it. So bunch of bureaucracy whatever they're doing they're not doing whatever other jobs they might have been doing that week or that day or it sounds like they're setting up shop for months at a time in an area so i doubt they hired new law enforcement for this they just took people off of other tasks that were probably uh necessary and uh yeah. all right well so anything else Is in a chat after this i don't think we have live chats in the evening in the late nights anymore it's too bad we used to have live chats in the evenings on bun channels i might possibly someone said something about hanging out but if that's not a thing it says uh dead horse has a 3d printing reloading parts guns ammo and 2a going live after the daily gun show i don't know if there's going to be links to that or what but it looks like that's going on Yoder posted something new on the front page about the gun confiscations in California. It's a two-minute video from uh, Guns and Gadgets. Is he in California? And I don't think he's in California. Uh, then Zorro posted something from the Daily Shooter up there, too. So, uh, like I say, let's not get too concerned. But on the other hand, social media usually does get things at the beginning of the, you know, information getting out there so um we'll, we'll continue to watch that it's a friday so travis will be doing caliber corner tomorrow morning uh over on gun channels has anybody checked out the main page of gun channels recently earlier today i posted a thing on my gear instagram which are basically trying to suck up for a free harness for the dog and uh dead horse posted a link to me and he says hey check out this harness Let's see if I got the link still. He goes, check out this harness. And it's someplace called One Tigris. And there's this $39, $31 harness. So I'm looking at it or whatever. I click on video. 
look at this. It's Travis's video on their website. So Travis's mom bought him one off of this website, sent it to him. He did a video on it. And I don't know if he even knows that they've got his video up as their video review. So he did a pretty decent review, showed all the parts and whatnot. And then he puts it on this little quirky dog at the end here. And he likes it. So uh, it's kind of cool. Plus the little corgi dog has, let's see if we can get to it. Has a little gun channels patch over here. Oh. So he's repping gun channels on his video. So that's super cool. So that's an instance where, you know, it all, it all works together. So Travis's video got liked by this company. The company uh, posted it. And then there's a little plug for gun channels there. So thanks for Travis for that. And uh, look at this. They got a pretty cool Doberman pick. Boy Doberman, and uh, wearing this little harness. Unfortunately, nothing in here says made in USA. So, and just looking at it, you can tell it's not made in USA when he shows the insides of it and stuff. It's all that Chinese nylon, but it does look like a fairly uh, simple design. So, I might just make one for her, but uh, we'll continue to look for the uh, something over from Instagram. Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that it all came full circle. So, I stuck that up here somewhere i guess it's here i don't know why for every reason it didn't show up as a video but uh uh i thought that was pretty cool that uh travis is out there doing his thing and that those people thought it was cool enough to post it as, as a next on uh, what should i say uh review of their product anyway travis will be on tomorrow rick does rick's life as i see it rick extended his indiegogo campaign so if you're interested in seeing a guy who's been consistently putting out uh two shows a week a saturday show where he just gets into it and talks about guns as a uh, person who was american moved to england for a long time and then came back to the united states lives in rhode island so uh you know has a an interesting uh, experience level and perspective on owning firearms I think a different appreciation than some of us, I suspect, you know, having lived in, in England for so long. Uh, he also has some issues, so he has does a chat for the disabled on Wednesdays, and he's brought people into gun channels through that avenue, and that's what it's all about, is somebody just doing this thing. I doubt there's very many, uh, you know, gun shops or manufacturers out there that are like, hey, let's have a old guy with a couple of cats from Rhode Island just chat about guns for an hour a couple of times a week, and let's throw money at them. You know, that ain't going to happen, but... He brings value to this to the whole thing. He's out there uh, doing his thing in real life, you know, chatting with people about guns more than likely. So uh, he's trying to uh, take his stuff up to the next level and create some uh, merch, I guess, some stuff that he can send out and stuff that people can use to promote his products or projects. And uh, those are going to be on Indiegogo, or that is on Indiegogo. He extended that campaign, so I'm going to go grab the link to that, and we'll throw it out there. But uh, Rick's show is tomorrow, and if you're interested in our show, then I'm guessing you like, you know, non-fancy, real-life um, uh, type of uh, talk and click at the same time. But uh, real content, stuff that's uh, made from people's interest and not from their pocketbook, and you might like Rick's show. There we go. It is called the uh, Rhode Island Podcast Shooting with Disabilities. He renamed the uh, campaign. Oh, I'm putting it in the wrong chat. You guys don't care. So I'll put it out to YouTube. And it's worth posting stuff like this as you're doing your live events because remember the uh, YouTube chat does stick around and uh, will pop up when people watch it in the future. So I can only assume that's got to work a little bit for search engines and stuff. 
Uh, looks like Rick is up to 101 bucks. He's trying to get to 500 only because that's how Indiegogo works. 500 is basically the minimum. But uh, with, with 100, I'm sure he'll be able to get some stickers made. And Tolino will uh, probably be able to help him out. But I'm sure he's looking to get some patches made as well. And now he's looking at way more than 100 just because of minimum orders and stuff. So uh, going to help him get some uh, stuff made so that he can get the word out about his projects and give him some encouragement. So far, he's got six people over there. Uh, even though he does, he has a thing for a buck there. Even if you're not all that interested in getting one of his patches or whatever, throwing a buck at them, they're going to keep 10 cents or whatever. But that 60 cents is a little bit in the pot. But it also is just cool and it's a bit of encouragement to have them see that number go up from six. And it's super easy to get, you know, throw a buck at them on PayPal and to see this number jump up. What also happens, you know, just how these machines work when they see some movement in a campaign, when they see somebody uh, starting to get some some uh, momentum, they'll start to recommend them on the main page and they'll say, you know, they'll put them in a, in a filter if I wanted to filter my search to uh, projects that are uh, trending or whatever, uh, then, uh, you know, there's more opportunity to see Rick uh, get recommended out there. And there's a big platform here. And a lot of people go to Indiegogo just to see what's new. So hopefully somebody sees this, sees Rick's doing something interesting uh, for people uh, on the East Coast with disabilities. Maybe they're not shooters, and maybe he accomplishes getting somebody new into this whole uh, whole thing. So I can't recommend enough checking out Rick's uh, thing there, and his show will be tomorrow. Uh, after that, I don't know what those guys are doing in the evenings. Let's see what the schedule looks like. Oh, am I still screen sharing? No. So it looks like uh, Caliber Corner, Rick's is at 3. According to this, Clearing the Chamber is at 8 Eastern. And then this week unloaded is at 10 Eastern. But those guys have been, uh, you know, they've been not consistent on that. It says Sarge has a thing at 11, and there's no link there. So I don't know if Sarge watches this show, but he needs to work on getting the links all figured out. Uh, and then, of course, the Smeggy and Moon show. A lot of people say that's the best live show that's ever been recorded and put on the Internet Live. So don't don't miss that one. Is there any other live shows that I'm missing? It feels like I'm missing a Saturday show. Somebody doesn't have on the schedule here. Yeah, what's his name? Does uh, Caliber Corner, right? Oh, I talked about Travis. Yeah. Well, how about the one that uh, Never Enough Ammo does? Oh, he, number one, he doesn't put it on gun channels, and he plays video games. So if he wants to put that in here, he can. But I'm not doing. I'm not going to. Or a video game chat, but I think that's just him and Night Strike and the people that like playing video games. But yeah, so that is something else, and I don't know if you're interested in that, go find it on his Mr. Matt channel probably. All right, so I don't know what's going on with all the hearts and smiley faces and whatnot on the thing, but uh, I guess that's an indication we should wrap it up. It looks like we're a bit over the hour anyway. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's been a weird week. I'm really hoping to finish the cards up so I can get those to the printer and put a, more effort on this show again, and that'll be changing the format up to a 20-minute show or 15-minute show every day at noon, and then we'll either play that show or reference it in this midnight uh, live complement to it. So I uh, appreciate everybody who's been patient with that kind uh, of um, what are we calling that format transition here? But we are like the gender 
the format of this show is fluid, so you can't judge us or racist of you. Judges. All right, well, anything else? You want to plug anything before we head out? Yeah, watch the new uh, Star BM video if you get a chance. I saw it. That was good. Pleasantly surprised. <clears throat> Star BMs better than CZs. But we're here. They're definitely cheaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did you say, Angelina? I just said buy things from alaninka.com. Like that deal where if you buy patches, you get stickers? That's genius. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And um, for this weekend, any orders from the system, they'll get a free patch. It's an idea Are you now underwater? Or are you traveling through like a space warp portal or something? Because it sounded weird. I'm actually on a boat. Oh, well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Oh, try to go inside of the cabin of the boat and yell. All right. I'm I'm in the cabin. Can you hear me? Much better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this weekend, any orders placed will get a free patch. And I stole that idea from Gear Websites. I'd say that's pretty cool. It almost sounds like somebody's stealing ideas off of other people, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing: free decals. All weekend. No, I really ain't. But here's what I am going to do. I a uh, long time ago, uh, when we first started gun channels, actually, there's a place called D Meritware. They do a bunch of uh, patches that are like merit badges, but um, like funny or ironic or something. Uh, here. Anyway, I was going through stuff and I found a bunch that I had not yet given away, and that's what they're for—is to give away. So, uh, what we're going to do is put a bunch of them, well, we're going to do like a free patch Friday, except we're going to steal off what Angelina's doing and just uh, whatever. And coming up here, anything you buy from the store will come with a free demerit badge as well. And I got a bunch of them, so it'll be just a random one, or maybe we'll do something. If somebody were to buy something like during one of the shows, then they can pick on the pile or something. Maybe I'll put a picture up of what I've got. But they, I think they sent us like the whole selection a couple of years back, and I have a dozen of them still. Awesome. Well, be on the lookout. Cool. So uh, you actually got the sale going now. So if somebody wants to buy something over the weekend, you'll get extra free loot along with it. And uh, with that, as soon as somebody's got a quote. Cycle does. Yep. So uh, this one's a little bit long, but it's a good one. So here we go. If gun laws in fact worked, the sponsors of this type of legislation should have no difficulty drawing upon long lists of examples of crime rates reduced by such legislation. That they cannot do so after a century and a half of trying, that they must sweep under the rug the Southern attempts at gun control in the 1870 to 1910 period, the Northeastern attempts in the 1920 to 1939 period, 
the attempts at both federal and state levels in the 1965 to 1976 establishes the repeated, complete, and inevitable failure of gun laws to control serious crime. And that was written by Senator Orrin Hatch. What year? Uh, I don't know. Hatch, Hatch dead now, isn't he? Okay, we'll find it. That's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. But I, I just thought, I, I assume this was probably a speech, part of a speech he made from the floor. All right. Uh, I like with the dates and the, you know, stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. For sure. So that's our quote for today. Guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year. Practice at least once a month and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.